0: live hey everybody want to welcome everybody to the softball zone radio show getting a little bit of late start tonight actually i had my clock out of sequence tonight jeff that's how come uh i'm running behind i actually thought i was good to go hmm. i texted you a little bit ago just to see if uh,
1: you fell asleep or something
0: <laughs> no no i didn't fall asleep i no i was actually uh uh, I was reading uh, some code script that I'm working on right now for the site, and I was reading it uh, at, on another computer because uh, I had everything launched on this one already for the show. But anyway, hey, this is the Softball Zone radio show. Uh, we come to you every Tuesday uh, during the season. I, I guess we can call uh, the softball season basically over for us as far as the show concerned. Through November until about maybe February, something like that. And uh, we come to you weekly. If you'd like to call in the show, you can. at 724-444-7444. And the call ID is 35639. And uh, glad to have everybody on board tonight. And, uh, of course, we got Jeff Baker, our play-by-play man, on already. Uh, he was making sure, telling everybody, that, uh, telling everybody, sorry about the delay. Rick was running behind. So how are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good, Ricky. Can't complain. Uh, i and all ready for the, uh, the the Cavs game tonight. I mean, I'm even interested in that tonight. So that ought to be a good game. I was uh, I
1: had lunch with a guy I used to work with today, and that, and he actually he had a couple of tickets for tonight's game, and he and he I'm, I'm having lunch with him. And he starts telling me this. He said I got a couple tickets for nice game, and I can't I can't go. Uh, he had a, a work commitment where he works where he works at, and and I was like, uh, he said, I've been trying to sell him you know, online in that. And I said, oh, what are you trying to get for him? He said, 1500 1, each. Uh, They're like six rows wow. from the floor. And, uh, I said, oh, <laughs> he, he said, "But I'm not, I'm not getting anybody to, to bite it that much. He said, I see the other ones out there selling for that much. But, uh, he had some guy that, that he works with that, that are, had offered him 400 each if uh, he didn't get anybody else. So that was, uh, that was kind of my limit. So, I, uh, plus, you know, I had to be here for the radio show. So, uh, you know, but yeah, i very anxious to, uh, to watch the game. I was, I was quizzing Mr. Kelly here beforehand, just to make sure, you know, it's him being from the Golden State to make sure he was not a Golden State Warriors, <laughs> Warriors fan. And thankfully he's not a basketball fan really. So, so he's okay.
0: I don't. Well, really I played John basketball back stuff.
2: in the day, so I'm still a basketball fan. But I don't really follow much in the NBA, and,
0: NBA, right. and even though I'm a, i am live line. in
2: California. You know, I really do like LeBron James. So maybe i maybe, maybe I'm a Cavs fan after all.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, ever since he's come back to Cleveland, you know, it's like he's on some kind of mission. Uh, you know, he really loves that area. And I, and I was reading a story that when he actually left Cleveland. Um, when he did, he was really sad about it. He didn't really want to leave, but he felt at, at that present time in order to get, win a championship or to get a championship, it wasn't going to happen there. And so, I mean, if anybody says he made a bad decision about leaving, um uh, I, I, I'm sure there's y'all no way, uh, still thinking that way. Cause he did what he wanted to do. And I mean, right now, look at it, uh, Uh, Cavaliers have a chance to bring that championship home to Cleveland. And I think it would be outstanding if it actually happens, uh, especially with LeBron's back. And, uh, you know, i I like to see it happen. But then again, you know, uh, all my wishes don't always come true. And, of course, we have (laughs) John Kelly on board with us tonight. Uh, He's our West Coast guy for anybody who doesn't know. John, you live around San Diego area, correct? I live in the northern part of San Diego County, so, yes. Right. And John, uh, you know, gets the bass in the sunshine. uh, Just come off a pretty great high school season. And uh, John uh, is a regular visitor on the show. Uh, You get a little bit of hiatus uh, during some stuff, especially now that you become a high school coach. So uh, we're glad you're back on the show, too. Thank you. I'm... I'm, uh,
2: um, I'm back in the travel full bore, we had our first big showcase this past weekend up in the Hemet area, in Riverside County, and all the the um, was the college coaching glitterati was all there. All the all the uh, who's who of college coaching was walking around doing the recruiting, and so uh, we're we're back heavily into the recruiting uh, part of the year for for travel. So John,
1: yeah, you know, that there, if you go to yeah. you go to a showcase out there, so you. It's a big showcase. So you probably had most of the Pac-12 coaches there or represented.
2: Everybody. I mean, I, I saw Everybody? Patty Gaspo there F. from F. Oklahoma, and F. F. Pat Murphy there from Alabama, and you know, I didn't see Tim Walton there, but we saw you know the head coach at Purdue and Sean Reichek at North Carolina State. He's a friend of mine. And all these guys were there. Uh, Notre Dame okay. coaches were there. So this is probably is the F. biggest Farnies. showcase. And they have a big camp on Friday, so they're all watching the kids. Kelly Perez was there from UCLA, and Mike Andrea and Arizona. Heather Tarr was there. I talked to her from Washington. So, yeah, but it's pretty much, you know, it's probably 300 coaches there. So there's a lot of coaches. Wow. Very good. What ages was that for? You know, the camp, well, the camp on, I mean, I mean the National Showcase event, um, you know, 14s, 16s, and 18s, uh, the camp was probably kids, mostly that were, you know, obviously unsigned. They're probably anywhere from thirteen to fourteen to, uh, you know, sixteen. Most of them were probably okay. eighth, ninth graders, tenth graders. A couple of my college, uh, a couple of my high school players were in the camp. Um, it's put on by, by, by a group called On Deck. Uh, they oh, do yeah. a very really good job. Yeah, putting on.
1: They're these. actually. Uh, they're actually. Derek you know, yes. Ricky and I are gonna be uh broadcasting uh Fire in the Sky, this big huge fourteen U tournament here in uh in Ohio and, and on deck is actually gonna be there one of the days. And in fact uh, Derek uh, posted today somebody kinda of asked some more information about what they were gonna be doing. So Derek uh wrote a nice uh post there to kind of explain it and uh what it was all about and everything. So we're looking forward to having them in this uh, in this region.
2: Yeah, what they do, I mean nowadays with the with the with the with the recruiting, you know, what what's happening is technology is starting to take a more of a of a front burner position in this. So there's been technology developed that measures swing speed and exit swing of the ball off the bat, they measure metrics like, you know, vertical jump and you know, they measure shuttle time and because you want to see quickness if it's an infielder or and they measure obviously first, you know, home home to first measurements and and first to third measurements. So they're trying to quantify and take more of a numerical um, way to scout these kids. And so uh, the Alsters have have come up with some pretty cool stuff. Partnered with some cool people to create uh, some technology that allows them to more. Quantify, therefore, you can compare the numbers from one kid to the next. It's not all, you know. They also, have, you know, they'll they'll do the the ground balls and the, you know, the, they 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 do, you know, show them. They do some hitting live, but they're unique. And then not everybody can just pay the money and attend the camp. You have to be invited. So they actually have mm-hmm. camps where it's really a camp for a camp. You actually do a tryout to see if you're good enough. Unless you get a like a recommendation, but they. They don't let everybody into these camps. So it's a pretty exclusive camp, and therefore the coaches know when they come to that camp they're going to see the best of the best.
1: Right, right. We've got kind of a loaded loaded question here on the uh, on the chat board for you. So in talking to the Washington coach, did Alvelo come up? I don't know if you, who. You know what? It, uh, uh, Taryn Alvelo that's from Ohio, the pitcher that's going to Washington. Uh, we, we didn't talk about that, no. Yeah, uh, and she had—I uh, don't want to get into details, but that—but uh, there was uh, an incident in, in, uh, with her that happened uh, right before the, the state championships, and I don't think she was uh, um, she was able to play with her team in that. So uh, oh, really? there some oh. questions uh, about whether this could affect—you know—what happened might affect her and her, uh, her college career on a go-forward basis, but. Uh,
2: well, let me stop there. I mean, that's that's a good that's a good question, and I think for anybody listening to this show, and I talk about it incessantly to my kids, even my kids are going to Auburn, my pitcher going to Auburn. You know, she's a really talented kid, but she's really competitive, really passionate. Sometimes that competitive energy didn't get focused the right way when you know probably was, squeezy, was squeezing balls and strikes from her. I had to tell her to start putting her mitt in front of her, you know, her glove in front of her face uh, because she would mouth certain things that were pretty easy to read. if You could read lips. Um, and, you know, it, 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 Washington is one of those universities, and Heather Tar will tell you that, you know, like all these schools, they don't like, and I don't know what year this pitcher in Ohio, you know, when she got recruited, but the recruiting for the big schools, the Power Five conferences, is getting younger and younger. Uh, They're getting into eighth grade, and and UCLA even verbaled recently a seventh grader, uh, the youngest girl ever to verbal to UCLA, a girl named Sosa, uh, who's, uh, I thought, the rumor was she might be coming to high school next year, but she's not. She's going to a different high school. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But when they recruit the kids so young, you don't know much about them, particularly about character issues. And so, uh, you know, the kids got to be careful because until they're seniors, until the rules change, they've only got a verbal agreement. And uh, with, the, with, the, with the power of social media today, it doesn't take a lot for, and I don't know what this girl did in Ohio, but if you're doing something that's questionable with friends or you've gotten kicked out of games or you can't keep your grades up or any of those things that are red flags to the colleges, they will usually find out about it. Uh, directly or indirectly. colleges the size of Washington. have got a big, you know, sports information department and sports research departments, and they're going to look for that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, we didn't talk about that specifically, but uh, I have talked to coaches before about, you know, behavioral things, and they're very concerned because no coach wants to recruit a kid who ultimately is going to be a pain in the rear. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because... They don't have time for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah
0: John, how, what do you what, what do you say the um, say like a coach's view would be based on? Would it be would they basically be based on the amount of stuff somebody did, or coaches have got to be understanding enough that they have a nice player coming to them, they would actually look at the whole circumstances, wouldn't they, and to try to decide if they could understand how a player may have made that mistake?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be I mean, Just because mis- a mistake, just, just the kid
0: makes a mistake, you ain't going to just... Just because a kid makes a mistake, you just ain't going to ditch him. Uh, I, uh, I... There
2: was a certain player, and I'll leave her nameless, and I'll leave the schools nameless, but she verbal to a big school. And there were... Uh, the story was that there were there were photographs posted on Instagram that showed this girl at a party. I don't know whether she was or the person with her in the, in the picture uh, was smoking, you know, a marijuana, smoking a joint. And they yanked her deal. They saw it and yanked it. So hmm. it depends on the severity of the infraction. It depends on the coach. It depends on the school. I mean, like a lot of the private universities, particularly the private Catholic schools like Notre Dame or Villanova, uh, you know, those schools, uh uh, the university of san diego where i went to school they probably have a lower tolerance for um anything that would be you know morally uh questionable or you know legally questionable if it's a kid you know getting uh getting a speeding ticket or getting into an accident or something because they were speeding or something that, that's one thing i mean kids make mistakes i think it's a you know if it's a, if it's a moral issue if it's a Obviously an academic issue, they can't maintain their eligibility, that's a big red flag, but certainly if it's something that speaks to the character of the child, you know, that's that's something the that coaches just don't want. They have too many kids out there. I mean, yeah, maybe if you're the stud pitcher they might give you a little bit of leeway, but I do think it's becoming more of an issue. I think there's more more college coaches are telling me that these verbals, which they hate by the way, and it's gonna get changed at some point. They are willing to yank the verbal if they don't see the kid getting better, if they don't see the kid working hard, if there there are moral issues or, or questions of behavior and judgment, because uh, they just don't need the headache. They just don't.
1: When you think about it, I mean, even in the even in the pros these days, you know, how much do you hear in the NFL draft about you know people that you know players that got into some kind of a trouble, whether it be legal trouble or or you know illegal substances or or whatever the case may be i mean a lot of the pro teams are are shying away from uh from from those players and it's costing some of them millions and millions of dollars so
2: well if you look at at college programs you know pick your college back, back where you guys are pick ohio state that's a very high profile university very high profile athletic programs and the schools want the benefit, for sure, of a successful football and basketball team or softball team. Now softball's gotten so big on television. I'm sure that Florida's success the last two years in softball has helped them recruit kids to the university, right? You get more exposure mm-hmm. on television, you're going to recruit kids. And every university wants to recruit kids who are going to be good students, who are going to succeed out in the real world, and they're going to donate back to the university, and they're going to, you know, win – win prizes, they're going to be successful people to make the university look good. Uh, so if you can't recruit kids to play sports that are good character kids, uh, and I'm not talking about you know, football and basketball, those always seem to be issues, but softball even, uh, the university is going to have issues. I was speaking to three different Ivy League coaches looking at a few of our players Saturday, and I guarantee you the Ivy League aren't going to, aren't going to want to recruit a kid who's got issues. They just won't because right, the right. university's reputation is bigger than any one kid, unless you're Jamin hey, Winston, uh, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Hey, very closely related to this, though, uh, have you seen, uh, it's posted in our forum, but it's been just pretty, much kind of made a lot of national news here. Uh, did you see there was a uh, video of, uh, it was a uh, Texas high school championships, and uh, in the championship game, uh, there was a, uh, a, a couple of plays, it, it actually in one inning, where the catcher uh, appeared to uh, elbow somebody coming in very, pretty uh, pretty aggressively. Uh, no play at the plate. Um, but as the runners were running by, she elbowed them and knocked them over. And it's, it's somebody that's actually uh, is a, I can't remember what school, but I believe it's a D1. It's a D1 recruit. Um, Yeah, somebody said online, it's not a fear. Straight up here. She straight-up elbowed him. Um, but have you seen that but, video, John? I bet you don't softball, softball or softball.
0: Softball. softball? No, I have not. No. Yeah, well, yeah. I, it, gee, actually, Jeff, if you watch the whole tape, the same player also takes out their catcher in the game. I I, I don't know if you've seen the whole tape. It just makes like, the two incidents were, where she elbowed. Yeah,
1: I did see. I did see. Yeah, earlier in the game, so, some somebody from that the other team took out the catcher, slid into the catcher at at the, at the plate, and, and knocked her over. Um, and you know, um, a little bit different situation, I would argue, because uh, there was there was some some action at the plate, you know, coming in and that, but. Uh, Anyhow, the, the uh, she was uh, she's recruited at Sam Houston State. So somebody said online here that it did make ESPN, and the same kind of question. I was just relating it to the alveolo situation where and there were some questions, and in, in another forum I read where you know if this could affect potentially her her scholarship situ- situation.
2: Yeah, I mean I uh,
1: you know. Uh...
2: The fine line between being competitive and being and having poor sportsmanship, and and I and I have dealt with that over the years with a few players that are just so competitive. Uh, and and you know, I I mean all the all all the games that I've coached and, and certainly you've coached and you know, Ricky, you've coached. I mean I I can count probably on one hand even things that maybe were even unintentional that look like they were, you know, and most of them are. You know plays at home plate usually somebody slides in aggressively or just puts an elbow up to defend their face or something catcher takes a exception to it you know but I mean, I, I've never seen anything get escalated in softball ever but i think mm-hmm. um I think we're going head i think we're headed in that direction that's a whole another that's a whole other topic for another show but <laughs> I think the way society's going, I think we're going to see more and more of that competitive uh uh you know stuff coming on with girls too I do.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Well, I tell you what there, John, I'm going to give your voice a rest because we're going to go back to you here in a little bit, and uh, and you can give your mental tips of the week, uh, a regular segment that uh, John was doing uh, before he got involved so much in high school softball, so we'll be going back to him in a moment. Uh, what I want to talk about right now is, well, I, I don't really know exactly how it happened, but the softball zone broke an all-time record for – Users online on Sunday, and it started happening right about time you would expect people to come in and start looking for scores now. I'm not going to say it was a hundred percent just because of us out getting the word out. Uh, of course, there were some things happening this past weekend that uh, really spanked a lot of people's interest, but we actually ended up having four hundred and thirty one users online. Uh, And that doesn't mean members, that's 431 users online at the same time, and that's an all-time record um, for the forum for all times. I went back and did research and looked, and the the highest we'd ever did was 378. And that was before the crash. And, uh, yeah, I was just really, really surprised, Jeff, that we actually surpassed. I I was really shooting. My goal was to get 400 users. By uh, online same time during tryout season, so to say that I'm happy would be an understatement. That we did it already.
1: Yeah, I mean that's amazing. But uh, like you say it's usually during the the tryout season that you that you get the heaviest users. But uh, I suspect you know, and I, I you know, Sunday evenings are you know everybody's kind of checking back in from being gone for the weekend. They're checking in for scores. I mean it makes sense. Uh, I know you've done a lot of kind of pounding the pavement, getting the word out about the forum. Um, and so that's no doubt uh, having, an, having an impact as well. But uh, that's that's pretty amazing. And I, I was curious, yeah, if that, you know, if pre-crash, you know, back to the old
0: OFC days,
1: if that was a record. And I guess you're saying saying it was, huh? Oh, yeah,
0: it actually broke uh, an all-time record. I the, the most users I could ever find online using the web archives, you can basically go back and take a snapshot, and it, it actually takes snapshots of websites, so you can go back and look at them. It kind of archives them, and uh, I went back through and looked. Yeah, and the highest number i ever seen was like 380, 379. They were all in the 350 to 389 range, and, and uh, the big thing that really, really uh, makes me excited is this number. Active members is one thousand and seventy nine this evening. Um, before the crash, even during the summer, our active members was like eight hundred to nine hundred, maybe max. Maybe once wow. in a while, if we were very lucky, we might occasionally see a thousand for a short while. But here's the thing that's kind of telling me that this is this not a one-time thing. We are not any. We only not get to four thirty one. We are actually holding some phenomenal numbers right now uh, with users online that are currently using the site. And uh, you'll notice, you'll see the numbers drop up and down, but the numbers that I've been seeing are almost, it's almost surprising, 75% to almost 100% better numbers than I would see uh, before the crash. So yeah, mm-hmm. to me, I think it's all kind of working together. I, I tell you, I, and I'm going to give a hat off to Mike Craig. I want to tell you, tournament, you sanction bodies out there, something, okay? If you if if you want to help the forum, and and these people are looking for tournaments to play in, what you know, I'm going to give you some advice. Mike Craig is telling every tournament director, everybody running in tournaments in Ohio, Illinois, Kentucky, and he's telling them all, hey, if you're having a tournament. NSA, get the results on the website because people want to see it. And I know Mike has really been really pushing that hard. And I've actually talked to the tournament director and said, yeah, Mike's like, hey, make sure you do this when you're done. Get the scores up. When the tournament's over, get the scores back up. And, uh, you know, my, and that's why I kind of actually left a message, in there, kind of tipping my hat to NSA because they're kind of leading the way uh, in it right now pretty good. I, I think other people – You know, uh, Warren's been doing a good job getting the word out and stuff like that. But Mike Craig's just a little bit ahead of the curve on that. And uh, I'm telling you, if tournament directors and sanctioning bodies that run tournaments don't believe that, just go look at the tournament talk section, a brand-new section that we just started this year. It happens to be one of the hottest sections we have right now for visitors. Um, So, you know, um, I don't know. To me, it's always like, hey, if you can do that, You know, you don't have to post all your results. All you got to do is just post post your standings at the end of tournament. But, yeah, the numbers have really been phenomenal. I'm just like, I just really feel blessed that after, if you had told me last year after the crash that we would be breaking number records and that we would be holding uh, 70 to almost 100% above our uh, user rates during the day, I would say there's no way. I would have said exactly the opposite. So, I believe everything we're doing right now, and I believe the fact that you know you got Mike Craig, you got Warm Wolf out there, uh, you got all these other terminations out there—they're letting people know about the, this site, and, and it's making a difference. So, and you and, and you can tell because when your impact on traffic is on Sunday, that is because people are hearing about it on Sunday, and with, that's about how it works. So, I re- I've really been happy about the numbers now. Something else real quick I want to talk about. We're starting to add other forms within the softball zone. And uh, so far, we've managed to get Pennsylvania, Kentucky, West Virginia, Indiana, and Michigan up. We're going to be doing uh, New York and Illinois, and then I will stop. I won't be adding any more forms inside the the softball zone. And these forms are more like standalone forms. They're actually their own forms. uh when you land on it, if you look at it, you wouldn't even realize it's part of OSC. It looks like you know just a regular softball form. It doesn't have a lot of content in it yet, but that that will happen. I've already seen where we're starting to see more and more people from Pennsylvania post stuff, and uh, I think that that's going to help the overall, not just softball in Ohio, but the regional area. I think uh, will be a nice push uh, for for you know softball. Um, especially when you get all these people together all working for the same cause. So um, the one thing I do want to do, and I'm actually, this was the code I was working on tonight. Right now, like when you have the general section on OSC, Ohio Fast Pitch Connection, and say like you're in the Pennsylvania uh, form or Kentucky form, West Virginia, and Michigan form, the general section actually is related to that state what i'm working on coding right now is where let's say jeff if you would post a message in indiana form the people on across all the general sections would see that and could reply and everybody would see that and could create creatively work together on that discussion even though they're in different state forms and that's what i'm working on i think that's a bit going to be almost a major thing i have to get achieved and done to make this all work together, so oh, that's
1: great. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great idea, Ricky.
0: Yeah, I, I think the general section is a section that everybody uses, and I think by you know, and this won't be easy because you know I'm not really smart. I I never confessed to be a smart guy, but I'm a very hard worker, and, I, and the big thing about me, I never give up. So, um, you know, so you know, I've I've been able to find the code that I can make it work and uh, kind of doing some work. Um, I actually have computers at home that are like just like similar to what we're running on the server that everybody sees, and uh, I can work within that environment and test things out and try to make it work. But I definitely think that's going to be a a big plus, Jeff, to make all these forms work together and interact together. So really excited about that. And, And, you know, again, I'm going to tip my hat off to you, Jeff. If it wasn't for you telling me you wanted something different, I would have never figured out how to make this happen. So, you know, I got to give your hats off to you and also for Warren, because Warren's really been really pro on having individual sections, you know, within the softball zone for different states. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, I actually kind of wondered about that the other day, if that might be relating why we're picking up traffic now. The good thing is since Sunday, I've signed up almost 50 legitimate members since Sunday. And I can tell you what, I haven't done that for a long time. So, cool. you know, everything's everything's looking up and, and, and moving ahead. And, and, I, and again, I want to say thanks to all the members, everybody that belongs to the site, uses the site. And also I want to say a special thanks to all the listeners. They're actually letting people know about the site, too. That's the kind of effort it's going to take to – I said when the site crashed, I would make it better and bigger than what it was before the crash. And that's still my goal. So anyway, that that's enough for that. Did you have any questions, Jeff, or anything you would like like to throw my way? No, uh, um, no, I, no, I, I really
1: I, I think that's great. I think with you uh, know, I was I didn't know you were going to go down the path of setting up the other states, but but I think it is it is a very positive thing, and I think to the extent that you can achieve what you're talking about there, where people and you know if somebody posts something in one of the other you know state's forums, you know, we can speak to it and reply to it. I think that's, you know, that's kind of the one thing that's missing. You know, I think our forum is, you know, and maybe the old names or how fast pitch connection and, and no doubt, you know, there's still, you know, those of us that are, you know, moderating it and administrating it are are from Ohio. And, you know, this really is a, you know, a region here, I think. And, and, uh, you know, there's one other, there's other. There's a lot of other softball forums out there, and I know you and I have talked about it. I'm not going to mention them here, but there's one forum in particular that it, that I would say is is more of a national forum, and it's got its pros and cons. But I do I do go there just because it's nice to see a little bit a mixture sometimes from the other from you know other places you know outside of just Ohio and that. But I think you know if I, I think if we can make this a true you know. You know more of a regional forum, and I think you know more and more people. That will actually brought, draw people in from other from other states as well. And, you know, there's a lot of people. I get people from uh, you know, as you know, Ricky. I have that the uh, wristband signal system business that I talk about occasionally on the on the forum, uh, and I I, I get um, I actually get uh, emails from people that you know from. I got one uh, yesterday from somebody from North Carolina that said, Hey, I saw you on the, on the softball zone forum. Um, and that, so I mean, there's there's definitely people out there from across the country that are that are, you know, looking at the forum and and uh, are involved in it. So I think that'll that'll really help it grow a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I think I mean, I mean the opportunity is there. I mean, when I got this com domain, that was the first step. And you know, and and don't anybody forget, we tried this once before. But when we tried it before, the path I took wasn't the correct path. I would say, I don't know, I'd say the operation was successful, but the patient didn't live. I guess that's what, <laughs> would be a good line. <laughs> I mean, what we were trying to do was, you know, was the right thing and what we were trying to do. But the way it ended up working wasn't going to be something workable. And I, I've kind of learned through all that and, you know, kind of understand, you know, that, you know, that is what softball zone is. It's a form. I mean, it's to talk and debate and discuss softball. That's what it is. And it was never really meant to be anything else but that, to share information, find, you know, find information, find out about different things. So, yeah, I think getting the coding to work across the different state platforms, and then that's, my, that's the biggest thing I'm going to be working on next is getting that to work. Once I get that work it's basically kinda of like the sky's the limit because then you can do you can add any states you want to it and just by the fact that you already have a network started and you can add other states in, uh in the general section, believe it or not, will be the driving force behind every form there is, no matter what state it is, is is always the general section. So and you know, I and it's funny. I get people contacting me all the time. I had two people today call me. Okay, from Tennessee, all right, that ain't involved working with me or know anything about me, but know about the site, wanted to know if I was going to build a forum for Tennessee. And, you know, I told him, I said, look, you know, right now my main goal is to do Illinois and New York, and after that I'm going to sit back and work on coding and get everything dialed in to where we can share the platform together universally, you know, from one state to other." And, and uh, that is, you know, that's like my next big goal is to do that. So I'm really excited and happy. Uh, we're a long way from being in California, John, but you're more than welcome to come on the forum anytime you want. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hey,
1: speaking, of, speaking of John, you know, uh, for those of you that don't, that don't know John, uh, John uh, is uh, kind of the um, – uh, the mental guru here, in terms of the the, uh, the mental side of, of, of softball and sports in general. Man, I know he works with a lot of uh, uh,
0: tier one
1: uh, athletes across the country and helps them with this. And I think you know it's been a while, but uh, uh, since John was not on the you know on the show, you know during the high school season. But I, I know uh, John, are you are you ready to talk tonight about a, uh, a one of, your,
2: one of your mental tips of the week? Sure. Always ready. Well, um, take it away. I just want to uh, chime in on, on the growth of the, of the forum, and, and that is when I travel the country, you know, last year I've been to Orlando three times for showcase. I've been in New Jersey, Colorado, up in, uh, up in the uh, – I'll be going up to Reno for Triple Crown Nationals here in about a month, and uh, Colorado again in a couple of weeks. The thing that I see is the sport is exploding all over the country. I mean, so I would expect to see, Ricky, to see continual growth and continual uh, demand for what the forum does and the information it provides because, you know, there's 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 no doubting that the amount of exposure this sport is getting from television with the SEC Network and the Longhorn Network and all the different, you know, conference networks uh, the sport is exploding, and uh, that's great for us who are in this business. So, so expect to continue to be more busy, my friend. It's going to get more more, uh, uh, more demand as time goes forward. So get that coding going in
1: advance. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, given we just finished the College World Series, I wanted to talk a little today about, and again, as as Jeff indicated, if you don't know me, you can Find me at softballsmarts.com, uh, facebook.com forward slash softballsmarts. I've written a number of books on the mental game. I'm a practicing sports psychologist in Southern California. I deal with predominantly uh, softball, but some baseball, other sports as well, athletes anywhere from 12 and 13 up three college to Division One college players. And it's always fun to watch the College World Series and the playoffs leading up to it because you see the power of momentum and you see these kids go out there on the field and make a mistake and you see them smile and you see them bounce back and you see such tremendous competitors and you know these games go back and forth and since softball still is a pitching driven sport you see you know low scores and you see and even though there's been a ton of home runs this year in the championship series, you saw obviously Florida pitching was pretty good, and so was Michigan's. and so you'll see close games, uh, and and the scores will go back and forth. And what's interesting about that from the mental standpoint is what really, you know, determines a team's ability to win. My high school team, which won our which won our CIF Section Championship uh, in Division One out here in in Southern California. Um, we had to win four straight playoff games, and two of those were one-run games, including the championship game. And it's so easy in the course of a game, particularly for adults and, and for athletes alike. I mean, at what point do you, do you kind of give up when the score is 3 nothing, 4 nothing, 5 nothing? One of my mentors, and I've, and I've mentioned her before on the show, Sue Enquist, who was a, a head coach at UCLA for a long, long time, won 11 national titles for the Bruins, and she's still very much um, a part of the fast pitch world. Um,
1: he, um,
2: I'm sorry, an incoming call. I'm trying to get off the paper here. Oh, no problem. Um, Stay manly tough, John.
1: Uh, it's mentally tough
2: and, and, and technology savvy. Can I push the right button while I'm talking? Um, but she often talks about, you know, the team and, and the and the athlete that stops competing first loses. And I'd love to look at, watch the College of World Series from that lens. You know, you love to see the kid that made the mistake come back. I, I don't remember which game it was. I think it was Auburn was playing somebody. Maybe it was Florida. And, and the girl came up to bat and she hit the, and she hit the grand slam, but three run Homer late in the game to beat them. And this girl had been benched cause she had been hitting worth a darn. And the coach had faith enough and her put her in the game, first pitch, bam, home run. And there is always a high level of mental toughness when you watch these, these, these elite players on TV. And what my, what my talk is briefly tonight is, so how do you get there? I mean, how do you How do you turn a game around? How do you turn a mistake around? How do you turn adversity into into success and it's always between the ears you know as a coach on the field, I can hit a million ground balls and then they build up confidence which may help your confidence. but so often you step on that field, you step in that big game and you step under the lights and across the chalk and it's a whole different game between the ears so some of the key points I think in being able to bounce back from adversity. How do you continue to compete and never stop competing in a game? Um, things like determination. You know, when do you, in your mind, say it's over? You know, uh, we were playing in the semifinal game in our tournament in our in our uh, in our sectional playoff. And the way it worked is that the team we were still in the winners bracket. Both teams, the team and the team we were playing, had not lost yet. And the loser that night would have to play a second game back-to-back. So, obviously, if your team has kind of pretty much got one pitcher, you've got to make a determination as to when do you pull her to come pitch the next game you think you're going to lose the game. What point do you say, I'm going to wave the white flag and I'm going to move on to the next game to take my pitcher out, right? And uh, we fortunately scored five in the first, two in the second, three in the third, so it didn't take much time for that coach to figure he's got to get his pitcher out, <laughs> save her for the next game. But I think that's the question, is is when do you decide it's over? And I think the key to being a competitor is it's never over, as, as Yogi Berra said, never over till it's over. You know, you can see these teams on TV in college continue to have the energy, continue to have the attitude. Uh, momentum shifts can change simply on one player deciding, you know, I'm going to go dive for a ball, lay out for a ball. Um, the last out of our game in the championship game, it was on television and there's a freeze frame picture from the TV one of my parents had that showed my first baseman stretching. It was a ground ball short. We won our game two to one. They had nobody on base. Ground ball short. My first baseman was stretching. And the player of the team is doing a full on head first dive into first base. Her whole body is off the ground like Pete Rose back in the day. And she's diving into the bag trying to beat it out. Well, that's determination. That's uh, competitiveness that you have to have. And at the end of the day, all these things, determination, high energy, momentum, attitude, they all are a matter of personal choice. A lot of parts of this game are not within your control. The umpire's strike zone. You can't tell where the ball's going to go off the bat. Had a game earlier in this year where Sun got in a kid's eyes. She dropped the ball. A lot of those things you can't control. What you can't control is your mind and having that mental toughness and believing there's always an opportunity. As long as there's one out, one strike left, there's always an opportunity. And to be a great player, and again, coming out of the showcase last weekend, and I'll wrap it up with this thought, I tell my players all the time in a showcase, what are college coaches looking for? They're looking for those kids that, in essence, keep competing. They just had a strikeout. They just made an error in the field. The pitcher just gave a home run up. They want to see what you're made of mentally. Can you bounce back? Can you continue to push through disappointment? Can you continue to push through um, fatigue on the field? Can you continue to push through disappointment, Uh, anger sometimes? Um, And that's what it comes down to. Mental toughness is a matter of, of continuing to compete in the face of an appearance like you can't come back. And, you know, every team has those games they remember. They came back for three runs, four runs, five runs, six runs, seven runs, eight runs. The high school team came back from a 10 to nothing game one, so we ended up winning it. So all it takes is one player to decide, I'm going to continue to compete. I'm going to continue to make noise in the dugout. I'm going to continue to dive around the field for balls. That can change an entire team. And if you're looking to get recruited and you do, do that, you're definitely going to move your name to the top of the list. So competition in general uh, is going to be a lot more successful for you as an athlete or a coach or a team if you can just keep that keep that uh, that mindset of of never giving up, always competing because the team that as sue Enquest said, the team that that stops competing last more often than not is going to have a chance to win that game so that's my mental great. tip for the week
1: We got a great question from the from the forum here John um, you know we saw a lot of the in the World Series a lot of the the singing and the dancing and everything going on in the dugout. And one of our person in the chat room said, "You know, is it possible to be too loose?" Seems like the dugouts are now parties with face masks, dancing, singing. You know, how how can they be focused when they're wearing masks and dancing while losing? What What are your thoughts on that?
2: It's so funny you mention that because it's always like monkey see, monkey do. Because the college girls are doing it, my girls and other teams in our state playoffs started uh, to wear hats and masks and stuff. <laughs> so we were doing the same thing. But you have to understand, the teams that are playing at that level, that if you're in the College World Series, or you're in the playoffs. you're a pretty good team and you're pretty good athletes. So I think, you know, coaching females is different, in my opinion. I've discussed this over over the time being on the show the last couple of years, that, you know, um, as Mike Andrea has quoted, I'm sure he didn't come up with it as saying, is that, You know, women need to uh, feel good to play well. And I always strive to create an environment in my dugout where the kids feel good about themselves. And if that's a way to take some of the pressure off, I think they're elite enough athletes when they step on that field or step in that batter's box, they can turn the focus back on. So some coaches may not like it. To the average fan watching, it may seem silly if you don't follow, you know, girl sports real closely. But I think it's kind of uh it was kinda of funny because even in our championship game there's pictures in a newspaper and on T V of my team and they're wearing these silly hats and Darth Vader masks and stuff and it just was something that got them excited about the game and actually elevated their intensity and their energy. So I think that's not a bad thing at all.
1: Very good. Um
0: did you I actually, uh, you know, because we've been having a lot of stuff on the forum about parents and stuff and kind of reminds me, John, of I remember because I actually looked at your, I actually read your site a lot uh, when you was blogging and stuff, uh, when you first really started doing a lot of blogging and stuff. And I remember, you know, one of the things you had was about making her best season. I think it was like 2011 or something like that. And it was about uh, supporting the player unconditionally. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because we have seen in the last few weeks a lot of um, stuff about parents acting badly, uh, coaches acting badly. And, and so I want to just kind of aid this point that you made. And it was uh, – actually, I'm trying to find it right
1: now. <laughs> this this <laughs>
0: last point is, is support her unconditionally. The last point is and at parents. Remember that your athletes' journey towards mastering a very across call game will take time. Be patient with her, celebrate her efforts, and be sure to help her to take the game fun by keep, keeping her perspective balanced. And I, I kind of remember that, and I kind of think that kind of goes towards coaches too, uh, that they don't really focus enough uh, on effort, but more on results. And I believe that was actually part of that too, I'd have yeah. to scroll up. But I was looking, well I kind of remember. I just, I, I from time to time, you know, on the forum, you know, you kind of see everybody kind of, I, I think, gets a little bit above what it really is, uh, and, and what you're trying to achieve and what your goals are, and sometimes things get out of hand. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. But you know, I, and it happens I, I more this really- time of
2: year because this time of year, you know, guess what? This time of year, parents start doing what? Spending more money. They're going to go travel. <laughs> They're going to national tournaments, the qualifiers, the state playoffs, and stuff. And so, I have found over the years, the more the more money parents invest, the more agitated they get, and the more impatient they get, and the more the expectations elevate. Because you spend money, you know, on a hotel room for a week doesn't mean that's going to make your kid a better player. And I think that gets lost, you know, whether you're a coach or a parent. Sometimes is is such a hard game to master that, and if you what I got to saying about. You know Jeff's comments about the girls wearing hats and masks and the college level. Hey, the game's got to be fun. You know when you're putting the amount of effort in these kids put in practicing all week and going doing conditioning and doing the different training they do and playing all the games they play, there better be an understanding that the game is fun. Uh, because once the game stops being fun, that's when your kid is close to being burned out and and you know not playing the sport. So. Yeah, you know, I would encourage all the parents out there and the coaches out there, you know, to the fact, as you, you read from my blog, keep it in perspective. The game's always got to be fun. No matter where your athlete or your team is today, it's your job to help them get better tomorrow. And if, they, if they're not having a good time, if you are focusing simply on the results, then that's not really being, you know, what I call big picture thinking. You've got to look at the effort and the fact that the process. Whether you're trying to learn how to walk as a baby, learn how to ride a bike, Learning how to master your career, whatever it is, it takes time. And, you know, like I said before, it's a very difficult sport that we're asking these kids to play that is fraught with failure. And uh, unless you can frame that failure as an opportunity to learn and get better, the game becomes too hard for a lot of kids. It just becomes too hard. And I, and yeah. I think that that's where you have to keep it in perspective.
0: Yeah, and everybody, just to remind you that, you know, John Kiley, if you want to visit his website, website. It's softballsmarts.com, not smart softball, that's Coach Ches, has a website. Have you actually seen, she has a website too, have you seen it, John? I have, yeah, I like it. Yeah, she has, a. it's kind of interesting too, and uh, I, I noticed she had to actually break down and use a dash when she did hers, and I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, if you want to visit his website, a lot of good information there on both of them websites. Uh, get to it, read them and uh, you'll know, get a lot of inspiration from a lot of stuff that John's written and, and John has a w- w- vast wealth of knowledge about Division 1 schools and stuff just of the fact a lot of he, he works with them all the time to help get his kids uh, you know t- just not his his own kids because he coach and work with uh, to uh, the college level so Jeff uh, do you have anything you want to add or anything you want to do tonight I know I know you're just chomping at the bit to get there in front of that TV set. I got three minutes left,
1: Ricky. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I tell you what, you know, if you got, do you want to run through the pools real quick? Do you think you can do the pools in three minutes?
1: Absolutely. There Absolutely. you go. Absolutely. So, yep, you know, big, uh, big, some big tournaments this so week, really to in and really started getting into the uh, full swing. Uh, I noticed there's even some uh, some posts in there about 14U and 16U, not a poll or anything, but uh, but uh, some of the people starting to talk about who are some of the top teams. So um, at 10U, uh, I believe uh, the Stingrays 04. I believe they won Dayton. This is uh, for John's information. It was the ASA uh, national qualifier, and it's uh, one of the bigger tournaments in Ohio each year. They, there's pros and cons. Sometimes it's in terms of how the tournament is run and the facilities and things like that. But uh, but it is still a huge tournament. The, but the Stingrays 04 are, uh, are in first place there now. Um, they have seven first-place votes, 123 points. Right behind them is Lasers 04, with five first-place uh, votes and 121 points. Jackson Royals is uh, number three. Uh, followed by the stars four valley or uh, storm o four uh valley force and thunder o four tied uh, for six ohio lightning eighth lasers blue low five ninth and the wizards uh uh tenth on the uh on the twelve u side uh lasers white uh who actually they won a big tournament in uh, indiana a big PGF tournament uh out there they got uh, 13 out of 14 first-place votes. Uh, Mason Thunder, 02. I've got the other first-place votes there, second. Back a little bit then is Ohio Ice Red, OFC Heat 02, Ohio Storm, 02, Cincy Doom, 02, Classics, 02, Cincy Slammers, 02, Wolfpack, 02, Sundogs Fairs, and Thunder Elite rounded out the, uh, the top ten. So, well, I appreciate I appreciate One of the things would be, be interesting to see. I was going to maybe send a note to Jeff, but it'd be interesting to see. We can kind of look for ourselves, but it'd be interesting to see. You know how, if you ever ever see on USA Today or, or even in the newspapers, they'll, you know when there's polls, they'll say, uh, uh, what, you know what's the rank is now and then what it was the previous week. It'd be kind of interesting to see how those are, how those are changing. So. Again, we can look it up from past threads, but it would be kind of neat if it was all in the same thread to see how much they are changing from week to week.
0: Yeah, that might be something that I might send over probably a message and ask him if maybe um, he could actually run past results. You know, like it would be pretty simple to do. He just has to add it into the new thread uh, every week. You
1: know, what would be really cool to do, Ricky, is once we've got the – you know the forum operating in all these states so they have a regional regional ranking, not just Ohio ranking. So,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, them are the kind of things that you know, real quick, you know, because we all do want to watch the show and uh, watch the game tonight. That I do want to do is that's kind of the whole progress of moving ahead and get to general sections where they all bind together. Then we can actually do anything we want from that point on by using code, and we can discuss. The same thing and share against all against the the forum on the same platform, no matter where you what state you're from or where you're from. But hey, with that said, John Kelly, I really appreciate you being on tonight. I hope we I hope you can return next week. And uh, as always, I enjoy having you on board.
2: Thank you. I enjoy being here. And uh, you will see you will not see me. You will hear me
0: next week. Okay, and Jeff Baker, our play-by-play guy, the man with the sweet voice on the radio side of the games. Hey, thanks for being on tonight, and uh, let's go Cavaliers, right?
2: Go okay. Cavs.
0: All right, everybody. Hey, this is the quick, short, fast softball zone radio shorten show, just exactly one hour because we're all going to go watch the Cavaliers kick butts tonight. And uh, everybody, pack all your gear, get your gear and your equipment and your daughter together, get in your car. It's time to wrap this show up. Till next weekend, this is the softball zone radio show. Have a great week, everybody. Good night.